I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. I'm Squeaky Chair Kevin. And it's time for episode number 352 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast interrupted. <laughs> Who is this uh, sweet cherry Kevin? What happened to regular Kevin? Squeak. Squeaky chair, not sweet oh, cherry. Oh, squeaky chair. I think. No, yeah, sweet I cherry. Sweet, sweet cherry, cherry Kevin, Kevin is a yeah. good. Buttery sweet home Kevin. Alabama. <laughs> mm. Somebody has to have sold something called sweet corn Alabama, right? Probably. Wow, I bet, it's, you, I bet you, it's gross. Yeah. It's, what is it like? A, it's like a like corn mixed with barbecue sauce served on a deep fried hamburger bun. Uh, that. Sounds okay, actually. It's, put some cheddar cheese on that. I'm down. And leave it in the fridge for a while. Can't yeah, eat it warm. No, that's that. Yeah, I'll eat that warm. It's only soup that I prefer cold. Dr- just directly from the can, right? Uh, just for ease, ease. But it doesn't have to be. But I mean, if you buy if you buy soup non condensed in a can, you can just keep the cans in the fridge, and then you're ready to go. Sure. Wow, you like it? You like it cold, not just. Not uh, just not hot. Not it, hot. It used to be I would I would just eat it not hot, but I have since discovered that it's even better actually cold. Huh. So the other way to handle this would be uh, if I have a friend who has a, a a kitchen appliance that just keeps water hot all the time for when you want to make if I want to make tea this second, I can just uh, push a button and hot water comes out of this box. Oh, so you, you could just keep, fill that with soup. You could keep soup of that in that instead. Yeah. But it, well, but it would be hot. hot. You want it to be yeah, cold. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just well, saying, yeah, like... I, different people like different things. That's oh, fine. Just you, the convenience of it is, yeah. it sounds, it's, it's appealing. Wow, what a rip and swell of juicy hops I just experienced. <laughs> what? We're trying... We're trying we're, a different we're beer. We're trying a different beer. Uh, and this is oh, Stone... Hops. Okay. Stone Ripper. <laughs> and it says on the can, a rip and swell of juicy hops. Is it... That's yeah, a, I didn't hear the word hops. <laughs> I heard a different word. <clears throat> I was, we were talking earlier about, um, Riff, do you remember that goblin in Labyrinth that was laying underneath the beer tap, uh, just catching the drops that yeah. fell out of the tap yeah, uh, sure. after other people got beers, like catching them in his mouth? Uh-huh. It didn't strike me as weird as a kid, but like what? What was that goblin? What was the deal? Doing? Why yeah, was like, he? Why did he yeah, get, not they, just get a glass and pour himself yeah, an actual glass? It wasn't glass. like they were charging for beer, yeah. right? And that's it wasn't a good like, point. That never occurred like, to me. Generally, like <laughs> they weren't concerned about waste. Like they were hurling food at each other, and I'm sure, like I'm sure, you saw tons of beer being spilled and just full glasses of beer being thrown. Maybe like, they the one. Maybe they tried to cut that guy off. Goblin. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe he oh, okay. ran out of drink tickets. They were like, "It's time for you to go to sleep," and he's like, "All right, fine. I'll just fine. lay down over yeah, here. Yeah, I'll sleep right over here." <laughs> you think they? You think they issued drink tickets to the goblins? Ah, uh, maybe. Sure. Yeah. I and it's, and the little sticks with the little bitey monsters on the ends. That that's what they used to punch the tickets with. Oh <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, that that'd be pretty good. You just you know a lot of things that like. If you look at the goblins in that movie, mm-hmm. they're so different from one another oh, yeah. across that species that essentially everything could be a goblin. <laughs> or like Ludo could just be like a large hairy just goblin. A different kind of goblin, yeah, sure. The Ludo is actually Neil be from the young ones. So. Bad goblins. 
they were they were all relatively small in stature, weren't they? Was there ever a really there big one? There were big ones. There were there I feel like there were some I guess maybe you're right. Maybe they were all sort of short. And I, I might like also it, be thinking of be some like of the goblins how... from uh legend. <laughs> okay. It, it, it might also be like how like pretty much any shape of thing can be a dog. <laughs> oh, okay. So like, like that just giant a lot of dog in Australia. <laughs> goblins right. have been crossbred to have specific traits to, to be kept as pets. Right. Or yeah. I guess to be kept as minions, right? Like you, sure. you want to like, all right, so you get the extra sneaky goblins. But Dogs they can all... definitely used to be minions instead of pets. You know, here's a thing. None there. Have you ever seen any reference to a female goblin in any media? In World of Warcraft. Yeah. There oh, were. Yeah. Okay. World right. Warcraft, right. Sure. Right. There are playable female goblins in that. You're right. Uh, but it's sort of like the female dwarves, right? It's like that it definitely occurred to them that they that there would be female goblins when they decided they were going to be a playable right. yeah. race. Yeah. I, I guess I, no, there were there were female goblin enemies at like the Yeah, there were like the, NPC the female goblins, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also feel like I've seen I, I don't I can't remember what mythology this is, but I I like the interpretation where we only ever see male presenting dwarves because the females just look like that too. Yeah, yeah. that was the Terry Pratchett version. The all okay, the all the yeah. female dwarves also had beards. I mean, do you think that this is actually just the like male as default sort of bias coming through, and then people sort of trying to? I mean, I feel like justify it ex post facto. Maybe, maybe, but also like <clears throat> I, th- I think a goblin has. Like the characteristics you think of when you think of what a goblin is might be more male. Sort of like a slovenly man. Yeah. You never see like a male Medusa, right? A male Lamia or whatever Medusa and male Gorgon. Gorgon. Because they were just what, like, you don't see male dryads, right? Like, I guess the satyrs are kind of. Orcs were all, orcs hatched from eggs in the movie. Like a weird. Yeah, like a cocoon or slimy something. soft. Was there like egg. an alien queen laying the eggs? I don't know. I think it was just Saruman. Saruman. Saruman laying the eggs. We'll just laid it. Yeah, Saruman's ovipositor who <laughs> was hidden from view. Um, <laughs> oh, is ropes. that is that what uh, is that what Brad Dorif's character was? Was he just Saruman's the... ovipositor? <laughs> oh God! Every once in a while, he just sort of like hold on, <laughs> <laughs> and then just like a whole orc sized. Slime bolus would <laughs> squirm its way out of Brad Dourif's throat. Jesus Christ. This podcast has justified itself. <laughs> I kind of want to watch that scene from Labyrinth again, because I bet there's a lot of really good detail in that goblin party. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, not like, especially the. Like, I. Talking about how all the goblins were different reminded me of uh, the guys that. that I've forgotten what their names are. The the dancing fiery guys that take their heads off. They're literally they're called the fireies. fireies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that, the well, fiery, yeah. there you go. Good name. Uh, but I hate those guys so much. Oh, they scared is, me so bad as a kid. That's the worst part of the movie. That that song. Like yeah, there's yeah. the the parts that are the like parts where it's just like let's have a ballroom dance and look at David Bowie's balls. At least I'm like, okay, this just isn't for me, right? I mean, this really probably is more of a movie that was targeted at little girls than at little boys. But like, you know, so that's fine, whatever. I'm not interested in this, but it doesn't like just 
bother me on a fundamental level the way that it's like Billy Crystal in The Princess Bride. The Fire Gang is to Labyrinth what Billy Crystal is to The Princess Bride. <laughs> wow. Like, I don't generally despise Billy Crystal, but Miracle Max is the only bad thing in The Princess Bride and is so bad that it genuinely makes the, the movie worse that he's in it. You should do an edit. I should. <clears throat> then it wouldn't make any sense. How would he come back the, to life? Get the, I mean, uh, have, have us have some voiceover. Oh, yeah. Just some off screen, uh, some, uh, what, what do you, what do you call that? AVR. So. Right, right. You could also just cut out the scene where he dies. Oh, yeah. That's you cool. liked the <laughs> Columbo and Kevin from the Wonder Years. That was fine. I frame mean, that was, a, that was a frame story. Yeah. And it wasn't just improv, stupid anachronisms. There were plenty of anachronisms in. The movie. Uh-huh. But also, R.I.P. William Goldman. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking sad news. And fucking Ricky Jay. Yeah, this right? Like, this was a rough and week for... Stan Lee. Stan oh, yeah. Lee, right? I forgot. That was the oh, that's There the tri- you go. That's, that's the triple. three. Yep. And there were some other people No one else that, can die now. There were some other people that other people were sad about, but that I didn't know who they were also. Um, the SpongeBob SquarePants creator. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, I found out he was actually a marine biologist. Oh. Makes sense. I guess so. Yeah, you you write what you know. Yeah, sure. he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Um, when I saw Princess Bride, that I was when I was I don't know eight or something. Um, that was my first exposure to Billy Crystal as a as a thing, and I just thought he was an old dude. Hmm. Okay. It was it was weird to see like later things where like oh wait he's actually he's like in his thirties. Well, I I don't think I would have known what in your thirties meant when I was that age. <laughs> Did but you never see? You not had not elderly. seen like uh, when Harry met Sally or uh, not so City later. Slickers yeah. or City Slickers. No, I kid watching before but. I saw when Harry met Sally. I um, had downloaded from the internet a a program that would play faked orgasms. From that scene in the movie, okay, it would just play samples of that, like in like in random order. So it would just be like you could just you could just sound like Meg Ryan is coming out of your Macintosh, pretending to come. She's coming out of it like the like right. out of the to shame, shame mankind. mankind. Yeah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> same. Ah, uh, very good. I'm feeling pretty shamed right now. So yeah, that works. Oh, I mean, man. I guess somebody the point draw of that, that scene, please. The point of that scene, ah, oh, god, yeah, Meg Ryan pretending to come at a restaurant to shame mankind. That's oh, what it was. I, I was thinking Meg Ryan coming out of your Macintosh to shame. Mankind. Well, right, yeah, no, I know, but I mean, it, like, if if we think about that scene, she was. I yeah, mean, at least if true. you consider if you consider Billy Crystal to be a proxy for all of mankind, which clearly <laughs> you do. Sure, of course. In a rom com, I think you actually do. Yeah. You know, hey guys, I got a kitten. It's pretty good. She's cute. I Her. saw a picture of that that made it look like you had a mustache. It did, but that's just actually a cat ear. Right. But it did <laughs> teach me what I would look like with a gray triangular mustache. Right? <laughs> <clears throat> Thinking about growing one. Uh, no, she's cute. Her name's Roxy, I think. I think that's finalized. Is it short for Roxanne? My final answer. Uh, it's short for Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. Okay. <laughs> or uh, Roxy Exor, if I'm doing the palindrome right. cat name. Just Roxy Exor is pretty good, but I'm not going to write that on a form. Uh, what I was I was considering oh. Winona Ryder character names from various movies, and I got to Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael, but her name in that is Dinky, which Ugh. is not like. It's not a great name for a cat out of context. If you'd, you'd have to explain why it was a good name. 
as opposed to like, oh, I let a four-year-old name, right? This cat. You could do, you could, instead of Roxy XOR, you could do uh, NAND, which is short for DNA NAND. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, because then you can make anything. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I'm excited to uh, not be sleeping particularly well because of a cat constantly attacking my face. And then eventually I give up and I, it's better to be lonely uh, and not having not have my face scratched up than it is to have a cat keeping me company. Do you I guess I've never had a kitten. Do they always just attack your face? I don't know. I, it's been a really long time since I had a kitten. I mean, also. some kittens are, are louder than others. Yeah. Um, some kittens will just like sleep on top of your head. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, good. she does that. She gets tired eventually of attacking my face and will go to sleep. And it's real nice. She purrs. Uh, she purrs a, a lot and very loud. And she barely ever meows. She mm. just is very very quiet. Yeah, Cole got a kitten recently too, and his is apparently yeah, Greta. super uh, super he also, cuddly. He also moved to a new place with much better lighting, so his cat photos aren't terrible anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he bought a house. I think he, uh, I think he, uh, maybe we shouldn't blow up his steez here. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I was going to give his address <laughs> in case he wanted to go say hi to his cat. And the, <laughs> and the key code to his front door. Also, I'm only trusting him that blowing up someone's steez is a phrase <laughs> because he's the only person I've ever heard say it. But you've heard it so many times that it yeah, feels I, real. I don't know how to yeah. even Google it because how do you spell steez? Is it like my steez? That like brand of uh, I would say it's S T E E Z. Is it? Is that what just is? You're blowing up short for you're blowing up somebody's steez. Yes. Okay. Didn't you say that you liked Grace Bruxner's steez? Did I? I don't know. Maybe you said whole thing. Style yeah, whole deal. I think yeah, that's whole what deal I would is say. I like, you I like Grace Bruxner's whole deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I said whole steez. Who knows? I don't know. What if I, but what if it means something that I don't know what it means and suddenly I'm creepy? Yeah. <laughs> what if it means something that you can look up on Urban Dictionary? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, have you been, Jim? I'm good. I've been, uh, I, uh, okay, here's a story. So. <laughs> So I was coming to bed at around 3 a.m. like I tend to. To shame on <laughs> And like my usual pillow was rotated 90 degrees such that it looked like I was already in bed. And that's... <laughs> How big is your pillow? I mean, it was it was like the, the blankets were kind of bunched up. Okay. But I um, mean, also, so did you have like a weird out of body experience? It was kind of weird. Like I, my, like my mind immediately rejected that as an unlikely, and yet <laughs> it still went through like the ramifications of like, what's life going to be like now? Right? <laughs> <laughs> did you do? Know, like, you oh shit! Living, I living, guess I, I can, have to leave. <laughs> Were you I can, do I can fuck around on the internet while I'm sleeping. Right. So life is going to be amazing. <laughs> well, what? Here, like, first off. My next game is clearly going to be two Slayer Shocks taped together. Okay. <laughs> Food's going to be a lot more expensive. So well, maybe you only need half as much each. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. If you only need half as much sleep. Wait, who's saying you only need half as much? Me. What? What is the? Here's <laughs> look. This here's is my, the question. This is my just premise that I made. Are up. you two people? Like, are you, are you? Is this a clone in the bed, or is this like an astral projection of you that while you're sleeping you get to do stuff? I. 
Or is it a beta unit that has been uh, yeah. left in your place to fool all of your friends well, you into believing that you're still there while Centauri trains you to find oh, out yeah. the Codan armor? Or, or while you ditch school. <laughs> I, I, my interpretation that I just assumed was correct without like considering any alternatives was just that like a duplicate of me had been inserted into the world. Like a duplicate of like, say that we had diverged like that mid at midnight. It's weird that that doesn't happen. Right. Like think about about everything that has to go right in order for anything to exist at all. Mm -hmm. Right. And just think about like physics and think about just like, matter and energy and like it is kind of surprising that shit like that doesn't happen right that we just that don't diverge yeah that there aren't just occasionally yeah. occasionally it's tuesday twice in a row or it's a, a good like, point you know how would we even know yeah you would just assume that the second tuesday was wednesday you'd never notice but i would notice a second gym the, like, Would you notice if the name oh, of Tuesday had been changed to Jim? <laughs> I, next time I looked at a calendar, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the other thing that could happen is just like I could just vanish, mm-hmm. like, and I think that would have to happen some like in w- one of the universes in order just just to be fair. Oh um, right, yeah, just pop over like conservation of gyms across right. the multiverse. Oh yeah. man, that that reminds <clears throat> me of one of my favorite bits in the Call of Cthulhu game. Where you're walking around in first person and you look through a window and a door and you see standing in the room beyond the protagonist is standing there. And then the point of view camera zooms through the window to the guy and resolves into first person again. And now you're standing inside the room and it, it as like cutscene movement, he turns and looks back at the window and there's nobody standing there anymore. So mm, just, just the effect of teleporting into a place, into a you that was already there, <laughs> was super good. That does sound like, okay, maybe I'm going to play this game after all. It it takes a while before the really crazy shit like that starts to happen, but some of the stuff they do is really effective and good. It's pretty satisfying, though. It's not boring. Yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's slow and and not super like spooky or supernatural in the beginning but yeah, it's still it was, like it was it's atmospheric like, and it's like didn't it, it's not boring certainly right okay. yeah it was it was it had a really nice sweet spot of scariness for me where everything was like spooky enough to be interesting and unsettling but not so scary that i found it unpleasant to play which is a okay. low bar for me i really wish i knew whether that dialogue bug had been fixed or not so that i can Although, actually, apparently, even when it was happening, if you had a gamepad hooked up, you could get around it. Oh. And I, I was just stuck because I didn't have a gamepad at my house, but I haven't been using the one at work. I could just take it home. I've learned to play Spelunky on the controller, and I've it's gotten to the point where I'm sort of better on the controller than I am on the keyboard, I think. Hmm. It sucks. It's hard to, it's hard to code switch. Uh, oh, right, because you've been playing games. at home on the PS4. Uh, every once in a while, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we keep uh, we keep getting t- twi- two days in a row. We have I've gotten killed right outside the door into Yama's throne, and then Nick has gone on to kill Yama without me. We've yet to actually both go through the door after killing Yama, so we still haven't succeeded. But two days in a row. Today was 
a series of disasters over like at one of us died on every level we were just trading the same bag of like 90 bombs back and forth <laughs> i think i can see eight, why you died eight times over the course of the game pretty good did you but you still made it to yama yeah 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 it was very unlikely you didn't uh you didn't uh whip him off the the, the did, head. You, did you see that video no. clip, Jim? Oh man, we had the most like harrowing Olmec kill uh, collectively, and like just everything was going wrong. And then at the end, we finally we get it. We're both alive. We're both riding Olmec down into the lava. A spider falls in that had spawned when he broke a brick, and I try to whip the spider but miss and just whip Nick off into the lava <laughs> like right before I go through the door. <laughs> No, not even close to the spider. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is really good. Um, I guess we're talking about video games at this point. Wow. It's true. Unless sure. you've done anything non-video game and interesting, Riff or Kevin. I, mm. I dog sat for a weekend. It was, it was it a was cool fun. dog. Yeah. I brought the dog to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. We had Thanksgiving, I guess. That we, Oh, yeah. That yeah, seems like that it was too. longer ago. We deep fried a turkey well it was, was the delicious. day after the podcast that's was true it was yeah we um yeah had some friends over had Played some, some board games yeah Played I, some I, board games my um brother-in-law's fought like my, do i have an uncle-in-law is that what you call that sure that's right they're call. all in-laws yeah. okay uh like his, his he's retired now and his hobby is um he's trying to make an animatronic christmas tableau so he's like just retrofitting dolls with servo motors. Ooh, that sounds and, okay. impossibly creepy. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. And he showed me all the servo motors he'd added to dolls, and none of them were functional because he was still figuring out the software end of things. Huh. So like, just figuring. Does out- he want? Does he want them to like respond? Like dance along to music or something? Uh, like, I, I think it was just like getting. A servo to turn to the right angle is actually kind of tricky, and so mm. he, he's trying to figure out how to get an Arduino to to do that. Lego Mindstorms is yeah. the way to do that. You get a motor, just probably, like turns makes it easy. Turn this a quarter turn, Siri. Yeah, <laughs> it would be it would be in Lego Basic probably. Yeah, the stupid puzzle piece code thing. Although I think you could actually write. Now, I think when we when we were using them for stuff, you couldn't actually just write code. It was just the visual programming language. Oh, interesting. I mean, I'm sure somebody made something that would let you just write machine code to the thing. But yeah, no <clears throat> doubt. Or like a C compiler. What kind of dolls? Like, there was a Barbie doll and like an elf doll. And then like a, a monkey that he'd built a... It was like, I'm not sure if he'd hollowed it out. But he had built a new skull for it with a movable jaw. Huh. <laughs> what? So why is he doing all this before he actually has any way to actually actuate the motors? It seems like you would do one and be like, yeah, oh, shit, I need to get the I, other I half really, of this I done. I not really dig into that. But I like, feel like you probably start with the you start with the cosmetics when you're. When your goal is to make the creepiest looking thing that has ever existed, you got to start with so, like, what it looks like. If I were to venture a guess, it would be like he started doing the thing he knew how to do, and <laughs> which was, was like, buy Barbie dolls, right? <laughs> and then, and then, 
and then was like, okay, now I have to write the software. Oh, I don't know how to do that. I'll build another doll. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to, to do it for me. <laughs> if only, like, one of them was that smart, but none of them function. Does he live in a sort of ominous castle? On the top of a hill oh, outside yeah. of town, or does well, he? So, yeah, does he live in so that that one office building podcast. with the wrought iron railings? So, like, he lives in a in a kind of a upscale suburban house. How close is he to coal? He he lives in California. Oh, I see. So not very. Um, he lives in kind of an upscale suburban house. House where like if we're you, narrowing if you it down, like, Cole. Now they know you don't live in California. <laughs> If you, I thought he was public about the state he lived in. Constant fear. Uh, if you like, look at the house from like the front, and you divide it left to right. The left side of the house is like this kind of nice public area with like a living room and a dining room and a family room, like in a row and a nice backyard. And the right side of this house is the house is like this warren of hallways and and rooms, and. Like really tight, uncomfortable hallways. And I'm wondering, like, if it's a deliberate choice to be like, like, this is a house that is going to be both like, you're going to welcome a lot of guests here, but you also want them to know where they're not welcome. By just having really narrow hallways. Wait, do, you th- do you think he chose this? I don't, like he- I don't know. Like somebody chose Did it. Did he build the house? I don't think he built the house, but he might, I think he bought the house on purpose. Okay. But, uh, you know. You don't get to choose, like, every little aspect of it. Do you think the Warren is what sold it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't even know there was a garage there until he took me through the right hallways. Hmm. What? So I'm really curious to what extent you're exaggerating this. Because, like... Uh, it, I, I think it's up to code. I, I think it's, like, not... The, well, not, the fire like, marshal was there. He wouldn't... ADA like, compliant if, it's, if it feels too narrow, right? Like... I I don't think private residence yeah, houses don't have to be ADA compliant. ADA compliant. Okay. I, I I'm I'm slightly exaggerating. Like it, by a warren of hallways, I mean like the hallway's pretty narrow and uncomfortable. Just but it's still just a hallway. I guess it's goes, just a hallway. There's well, you know, I didn't well, I'm sorry, I didn't, I'm I didn't sorry go to that retroactively. Far. Like I, I'm not trying to shit on your story. I didn't go that, that that far down the hallway, so they might have had more that I didn't see. Okay, I guess as far as you know, it could be like. A, a hallway with like, any number of 90 degree yeah, curves with 45 degree shit. mirrors in could them. It could be a total yeah. anthill. It could be, it could be a house of leaves. Yeah, yeah. It could have a whole like 90 degree straight down and then there's just a spike driven deep into the earth. One of these days I'm going to read House of Leaves, Riff. I'm okay. going to, I'm going to justify my theft of House <laughs> of Leaves from You know, me. maybe, maybe I will too. I'll, I'll put that Even, on, I'll put that on my Kindle. So House of Leaves is like four nested stories. You yeah. can just read the innermost one and skip the that, rest. That's what I've heard is that the the best way to read it is the first time you read it, ignore all the footnotes. And then if you liked it enough to read it again, then on your second read, read the footnotes. Okay, so the footnotes are the boring parts? Well, the, like the footnotes are all the complicated like external stories, like the stories about the story like, right like the, there are there are stacking when, there are nested different characters who are writing the footnotes right so it it's, gets not, it's not presented like they're at the bottom of the page footnotes it's more like it's a different font and so this is a different perspective character talking about a different level of reality 
Do you get the sense that he wrote the stories as stories and then kind of threaded them together at random? Or hmm, I, don't I don't know. know. Because if so, then yeah, I could see just reading the innermost one. Did you ever read S? The yeah, that was a lot of fun. I thought the ending was kind of sudden and anticlimactic, but I sure. loved the uh, the way it works, like all the the inclusions and and the way the footnotes are in different colors, so that you can start to learn the what, timeline. The timeline, yeah, yeah. That was the ship of Theseus one, the yep. thing that J.J. Abrams had something to do with. Yeah, it was like his idea, and then somebody else actually did all the work. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> Man, I wish I had that kind of byline where I could right. just, <laughs> yeah. just, I could just be the idea guy. Uh, he also shakes the camera, though. Okay. And he, 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 <laughs> yeah, the he way... <laughs> meticulously paints each lens flare onto each yeah, page. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's the only book I've ever seen with a huge lens flare. It's real <laughs> weird. <laughs> uh, I have been playing a tremendous amount of Fallout 76 still, and still liking it, and still ignoring everything that everybody says about I, it on the internet. There are a bunch of people saying it's a great, fun game, as long as you can ignore the problems, and it seems like you're ignoring the problems. Yeah, well, so. yeah. Or just not encountering them. I am seeing some of the something that happened last night that a lot of people had been complaining about that had not ever happened to me until it suddenly happened five or six times was like, you'll go into a room where there are some enemies and they're just like naked in a T-pose until Whoa. you get close to them. And then suddenly they like trigger and are are have their equipment on and, and oh, weird. activate and come after you. That's fucking creepy. It is pretty creepy. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That um, reminds there's when I was playing I want to say it was Fallout 3. It's like in one of the in one of the subway areas I uh I headshotted a ghoul and then its animation froze like immediately after the frame where the like you it's it starts out with the normal ghoul model but then when the bullet hits it it replaces the the ghoul's head model with the collection of all the shards that are going to explode and go everywhere and yeah. so it was just this this frozen ghoul whose head was like 16 different <laughs> parts all just arranged like the first frame before they were going to go everywhere it was yeah. super weird. You know, that is something that I didn't realize that I am glad is gone from Fallout 76 is the, like, hyper-violent cinematic kill cam trash. Was, was that, that still a thing in 4? Yeah. Is that part of the VAT stuff? Yeah, well, because you can't, like, pot. You can't, like, slow-mo. Right. Yeah. The way VATS works, I find to be very good in, in, 76. in 76. How yeah. does it work? You can just go into VATS and it just auto-aims for you and tells you what percentage chance you have of hitting them. In real is, time? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, it highlights them. I I haven't put points into the, like, selecting a body part, so it might be more of a hassle if you actually have to do that. But, the like, the way that my experience of VATS is like, ah, fuck, this thing is behind me. Hit Q, hit right mouse button, or left mouse button, and then you just swing around and kill it with your sword. Um... I got a, uh, I did a quest and I got a sword that is made out of a guitar. And I was like, it's a, Not you, get a you get a guitar sword. And I was like, okay, how, like, how's that going to work? It's a, the, the, 
the body of the guitar is at the bottom. Uh, so it what? covers up about half the screen when you're wielding it, which is huh. pretty good. Uh, so it's the neck that you're using? As yeah, a you're using sword? the neck as a sword, but you've got the body of it above your hand, and there's like a stick coming out of the bottom of it. Like, oh, that's, that's yeah. sounds kind awful. of awkward. It's, yeah, it's great. It'd be and it balanced just makes the really be- weird. It makes the best noises when you hit stuff with it. It's a very good, <laughs> it's a very good sword. Uh, Why didn't was... they just make it a fucking axe? Like, that's the obvious joke. <laughs> well, it's an oh. acoustic guitar, right? It, uh, okay. or, like, or like a mandolin slicer. Hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. Like an actual mandolin, sli- like yeah. made out of a mandolin. Yeah. 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 Good. Apparently, uh, you I need was... to, like, put your opponent's head in the the grip that you that protects your hand from the from the slicing <laughs> well you just and wear your kevlar, kevlar gloves right yeah in i guess in the fiction of fallout 76 all of the residents of vault 76 were trained in the rudiments of every single musical instrument because that you can find instruments in the world this is a little obnoxious it's like the well rested buff takes 30 seconds of laying in a bed to give you the buff and then you get it for it's like increased xp gains for a couple hours i keep not doing it because i don't want to wait 30 seconds like you can get into a bed and heal very slowly if nothing attacks you uh but you there's another buff that you can get called well tuned for playing an instrument for 30 seconds instrument you can get the plans to build them at your base but they're very rare and expensive uh but they'll just be like you'll just like you know, find like a fire lookout tower and there's like a banjo leaning against a chair there and you can't pick it up. Uh, but you can just click to sit and play the banjo and you just kind of noodle around on a banjo. And apparently if you put, if you find instruments that are close together and multiple players play them at the same time, you'll be playing a song together. Mm. Like it, it, it makes it line up and is in tune, which is nice. Uh, if true. Huh. No one will ever know, though, because there are only 24 players per oh, you, I mean, the thing is... Man, a 24-piece band and no. one... <laughs> this, would be, this would be so much fun if, like, you had a girlfriend who was also into it and you played together. Yeah. Can like, you both guarantee to be on the same server? I Yeah, you can, like, group up before you enter the world, oh. I think. I'm almost sure that you can deliberately play together with friends. Uh, yeah, it would be like, I think it would be kind of hard. What would happen if you both already had bases and they were in the same spot? Yeah, it just, they, so they're apparently doing, they're, they're patching out the things. There, there's a patch coming next week that is addressing a lot of the like big complaints that people had. Like that if you, if you log in and it puts you in a world where somebody else's camp already existed in your camp spot, it just packs up your camp and, like, and in theory, you can just replace it in the world exactly as it was, but in practice, you can't because the odds of that, like, clipping some geometry are too high. Um, wow. Yeah, so that that sucks. And they're just adding a thing where it's like, well, if that would happen, we'll just give you the option of switching to a different server. So that's fine. <clears throat> uh, they're increasing the stash size limit, which is just kind of... Was set where it was for performance reasons, and I guess they're in theory like okay with whatever. Like, or oh, they figured out a way to optimize. Yeah, they figured out a way to optimize it. Um, 
Uh, yeah, you know, I bet that launching this game was a huge sort of trial by fire in their server infrastructure because there was just no way they were going to get enough people playing in beta to have any data about. Beta data. Beta data. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget what else. Can you, couple... can you play your sword guitar to no. get the well? To... Okay. No, you can't. No, it's it would probably slice up your fingers. Yeah, yeah, it would. Although, you know, if you're... If you were holding a guitar, well, it depends. Do you ever fret uh, with your thumb? Sometimes. Yeah. So that'd be rough because yeah. that's the sharp side. Oh, okay. <laughs> all, all your chords are sharp. <laughs> so, the sharpened part of the neck? Yeah, like the wood, I guess. What? It doesn't. This, no. Mm. There's, yeah, it's, mm. <clears throat> it's, it looks really cool, though. Okay. I, although I would not ever use it because it blocks so, so much, much of your visibility <laughs> like it's just such a can you not play in third person view yeah you can but what are you a monster <laughs> i i don't know oh man i also uh i was talking to uh uh, uh justin bortnick in the video game Sadok slack and he had said that the uh he talked about playing the Star Wars Battlefront 2 single-player campaign and how it was actually, like, a legit single-player campaign. Um, but short, like, five or six hours long. And I so I bought that for $20. It costs $20 now. I guess last week it was on sale for, like, $7. Wow. I missed that. But uh, it seems real good. I've only played through the first couple of missions, but it's, like... You're this, like, Empire Special Forces lady, and you start out, like, trapped in a rebel holding cell, and you hack your little droid guy to to free himself from the restraining bolt, and then you gotta sneak around past the rebels and break her out of her cell, and then he the robot lives on your back. And so, like, whenever you open a locked door, it's, like, pointing at it, and the robot jumps off and unlocks it for you, and there's all this just cool shit you do. I'm assuming that eventually you're gonna join the Rebellion. Uh... Just because I've heard that. Oh, okay. I'm assuming that's true because Jeff Gerstmann said it was true or somebody. Uh, uh-huh. It so is. They don't have like just cool Empire side stories? It seems like you could. So it's, it's, uh, so far, that first mission took place right before the battle at Endor. And then. Oh, it's like in- the second. Yeah. And then the second one takes place during the battle at Endor. Wow. Uh, and then I don't know. The third one is, um, there's then like a like a, you're flying a tie fighter and i it like if you hit anything it's just immediate game over and it is very difficult to fly a tie fighter apparently if you're me and so it's just i keep like being mid sentence cuz it's kind of like a walk and talk except you're in tie fighters you know you're just like flying through some cool looking debris oh, if you while hit you're any, being any, like, you've done objects yeah. not if you hit any key i yeah, was like if you just hit any key it blows up but i mean any key that moves the tie fighter in just definitely is going to move it into a piece of debris that will blow you up um, they do seem pretty fragile they, they've got yeah, those, but... those little nubs connecting the the two big plates and the sphere you know, it is a video game, though, so it's you could just not not do that to me during a part where there's not even any enemies, you know? It's just, uh... Well, sometimes the environment is the enemy. That's true, and I mean, I guess it's, like, really hitting home, like, wow, 
everything is really fucked up now that they blew up this Death Star. Like, there's a mm. lot of shit flying through space, and if you bump into it even a little bit, you're just instantly dead. That's a good point, actually. That Like, that's all got to go somewhere. That's going to just wreck some moon or some planet. Yeah. Endor. Yeah. Or maybe it'll have a ring. <gasps> Oh. There's a ring of of debris, m- murder, garbage, yeah. war trash. Uh, anyway, uh, I I can't say for sure that it's like a great uh, story or whatever, but it is an extremely expensive first person Star Wars video game that I kind of didn't realize that yeah, it I didn't was. Know that was a thing. Yeah, and man, is it kind of like okay, I. This makes me remember how much I liked the Jedi. Uh, fuck, what was it? Old, Old Republic. Dark Forces, I guess, was technically the series, except it, the Jedi Knight. Oh two, yeah, the Jedi Academy. The one that was like three, Doom, except or whatever. Yeah, just the. Well, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, yeah, there were there were just some some first person games that I guess maybe had a multiplayer component. But I don't know. I wouldn't touch the filthy Is motherfucker. That, uh, Ky- uh, Kyle? Yeah, you're Kyle, Kyle, Ka- Kyle, you're Katarn. Kyle Katarn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember those being pretty cool. Look at them now. They look like, you know, golden eye level uh, character models and stuff. But like, I remember at the time thinking, man, I'm driving a fucking ATST and <laughs> just shooting the shit out of some stormtroopers. In this one, I'm hoping I'll eventually get to shoot some stormtroopers. Now I'm just saving them by shooting a bunch of rebel uh, people in, like, Endor armor. Why? So it's hard for me to believe that the rebellion is that scrappy if they have, like, color-coordinated outfits for every (laughs) environment they might be fighting in. Well, maybe just, like, not everybody that wants to join the rebellion is good at fighting, so they find other jobs for them. Oh, I guess that explains Star Wars galaxies. Yeah, like they got to have hairdressers and they got to have tailors. Like they also might only ever fight in like two places. Yeah. Like desert and snow. Well, no, not desert. You never see the rebellion in the desert, right? Mm. I guess, yeah, you only see stormtroopers who never change. They must be fucking miserable. No, that's not true. They've got, there's desert troopers. They've got the hoods. I don't remember. They've got like the no. They keep the sun off. They're oh, and they're okay. probably cooler. They're probably cooling hoods. Sure, not hoods. They've got the like. They've got the like orange like shoulder cape thing. The sand troopers do, and then the the hot ones on Hoth have different helmets. And the scout ones on Endor have totally different armor that's like lightweight. And it's you've spent way more different. time analyzing the stormtroopers than I have. I just pay attention. Yeah. You have hysterical <clears throat> stormtrooper difference blindness. Apparently, I, I'll play this game when you can play as bigger Luke. <laughs> I bet you can. <laughs> is now you just is, drop to the console and change the scale of the player. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. Is is bigger Luke related to Luke, or is that I, a different entity? I know th- Luke is a real extended universe entity. It was a clone of Luke. Right, right. Weren't there multiple? Weren't there is, multiple? Is, yeah, there when like we Luke see when Luke. we see bigger Luke in the movies, is it possible that that's just Luke and we didn't know that he was there? Yeah, I don't know. In the does the extended universe Luke come before the movies or? I think after. Like my so my favorite hypothesis, like so the the bigger Luke. Um, 
as has as far as I can tell, like the bigger Luke fan base has have two competing like equally popular theories uh, to explain bigger Luke. One is that there are two Lukes in the Star Wars universe. One of which is slightly bigger than the other. Right. And, and the, the other is like the ham bone theory, or what is it called? I, I forget the name of it, but the theory is that there are actually, there was like a bigger clone of Mark Hamill. A bigger Hamel Mark Hamill. That was like, would like sneak onto set sometimes. Right. He was, or he was underage. So it was like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Like you can never tell which one of him is playing Luke. Right. <laughs> well, you tell by comparing him to the size of Han Solo, because regular Luke is slightly smaller. And bigger Luke is slightly bigger than Han. What a weird... See, like, this is one of those things where it's, like, Kirk Cameron explaining to you that, like, <laughs> this is proof that there's a god, that, like, <laughs> your hand is exactly the right size to open and eat a banana, right? The fact that... The fact that they gave us Han Solo, who is just, he might as well exist as a character solely to be the distinguishing factor between whether we've got Luke or bigger Luke on screen. It's, it's proof that God loves us. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> oh, God. I, why can't that be the flat earth? Here, right? <laughs> like... If there's going to be some dumb bullshit that the most advanced AIs in the world are competing to convince people of, why can't it be bigger, Luke? Sorry about that. It was on Do Not Disturb. My phone is on Do Not Disturb, and it still rang. Oh, man. Is it, like, the president calling? No, it was not the presidential <laughs> alert telling us to... You know Apparently what? you can break through the Do Not Disturb if you call multiple times. Oh, interesting. Maybe that's what's happening. Hmm. At least on, on iPhone. Is it anyone important? Uh, not to you guys. <laughs> well, it was just one call. Okay. I'll, I'll deal with this later. Um. Yeah, if it's that, wow, if the president calls, can they just break through all the do not disturbs? I, I think so. Like, that, well, otherwise, what's the point of being president? <laughs> I guess. Uh, I, somebody tweeted today that they had made a Unity version of like a unity wrapper for Ultima Underworld that took the original data files but had like a nice mouse look hmm. engine. And so I bought Ultima Underworld from GOG, which is what you have to do to do this. And I downloaded that thing and installed it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to spend some time playing Ultima Underworld so I can talk about that on the podcast because I've always wanted to play it. But I've never been able to like really figure out how to move around the world in a non-cumbersome way. And it was just a huge glitchy mess. And I don't know what, I don't know if it's just like a thing where it's like, oh, we've just never tested this on a computer with multiple monitors or something because it's not even remotely playable uh, <laughs> in, so in my experience. Like every bit of text doesn't disappear when it scrolls off. And so like the text output field just becomes this like, mess that's illegible and like buttons don't disappear when you close the menu elements that hold them and stuff like wow. is really super super broken and i don't know what yeah so <laughs> like this is kind of what i was wondering this is one of the ways that a you know if they're porting some old game to unity in an automated way that's one of the outcomes <laughs> that you can expect if like <clears throat> if it's not a really polished Thing. This is not that though. Like they're only looking at the data. Okay. Um, 
The first thing that happened was... So they're not like... What, so, so... He, so the patch notes are things like, I made combat work this way based on this GameFAQs thing that described how combat oh, worked or whatever. So, like, yeah. this guy has written an engine. So, yeah, so just re- rewriting Ultima Underworld. Huh. Was like, there... From scratch, basically. Huh. Is there not, like, a regular GOG DOSBox port of it or something? There is, but it doesn't have mouse look. Oh. So it's it's like a weird it's like one of those it's like System Shock 1. It's like one of those right. games from before they figured out how to move around in a first person space in a video game and it's just yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, Gary and Cole got through it for Watch Out for Fireballs and it made me feel like a like a chump for not being willing to do yeah. it, but like I've been kind I don't of think I'm willing to, to play it. it myself if I could if I can make it run on mine. But I think I think System Shock does have an updated version that does have mouse look. This thing, this engine also plays System Shock if you have the data files for it, apparently. Huh. Uh, but when you played System Shock, Kevin, because you played through the entire first one, did you have mouse look? I don't remember. Hmm. <clears throat> I, I think I adapted to those games to the weird keyboard controls. Better to like look up and because I played through. Yeah, I played through the whole thing. I'm guessing I didn't have mouse look. Hmm. <clears throat> It's such a like it's such a good game for me that I think I was willing to deal with it. I think maybe that's all I played. Fallout seventy six is big, like it's just has become like oh this is like if you know it's like there's a new Fallout game. Like if there was a new Fallout game, that's like all I'd play for a few weeks, and <laughs> I wouldn't have any other games to talk about. And that's what happened is they released a new Fallout game. Cool, that's good. That'll probably be me after the holidays, when I feel like all the kids are probably back in school. Oh, because you're worried about playing it with uh, asshole kids? Yeah. Huh. It's fine. You don't have anything to worry about. Everyone's either nice or... Gone. I'm busy anyway, until after the holidays. Well, that's true. What have you been playing, Jim? Uh, I played a game called Florence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys know about this? Yeah. I, I downloaded it, because it was on a couple of, like, top... 2018 games. Yeah, I think that's I, I saw it on somebody's list. Uh, I didn't the know the top about 2018 it. games yes. of the last 10 years. Yep. <laughs> that, that's going to be a hard list. The best thing about it is that there's 18 of them. <laughs> no, wait, there's 20 of them. Shit, I fucked up that joke. <laughs> I wish that is such a good joke that I wish it wasn't about pedophilia. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, there's got to be a version of it that's not. But I mean, I don't know. I can't think of one. <laughs> I mean, eighteen-year-olds are right. There's eight so of them. There's eighteen-year-old. But you that, just twenty-eighteen. <laughs> what's the best thing about twenty-eighteen women? Or I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what's the best thing? What's the best thing about having consensual sex with two thousand and twenty-six women? <laughs> There's 2,000 of them. (laughs) Sweet. So in like eight years, that joke will be viable. (laughs) Uh, Florence. Uh, Florence is uh, a game which is telling, which tells the story of the life cycle of a romantic relationship. And you play through this game um, in like WarioWare-esque vignettes. Where like it, it presents you with like you know, this is your ride bus ride to work, 
and you have to hit like on a bunch of photos and that's how you proceed through that section of the game there's no words right or are there words? i don't think there are any words i don't think i saw any words there might be words like written there's certainly like there's a spreadsheet mini game for when you're at work where you have to match numbers mm. but i don't think there are are words even like in illustration maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong because i think you'd have at some point you tell your mom still no boyfriend on the phone there's a there's a mini game where you talk to your mom on the phone and you're basically trying to get her to shut up as far as i can tell that was i found that to be kind of alienating i think it's supposed to be like uh yeah like she's from a different culture sure there is the trope of like not wanting to talk to your parents that I've never understood. I yeah. mean, I guess it's because I'm I like talking to you my have mom. Good parents, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, that's I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it it I thought it was nice, like, but I wouldn't go much further than that. I don't think I'm, I would put it on a top ten list or um, a top twenty list. Or I might put it on a top twenty list. Hmm. Top. 2018. 2018. It's yeah. probably the best 18 this year. Okay. I bought it and played it. I bought it, sat on it. It was like on the front page of my phone for months. Then I finally got around to playing it and loved it. And I was like, why did I take yes. so long to play this? Like, that was a great, like, 40 minutes or whatever it took. Yeah, yeah. To, it's nice. To play through the thing, yeah. Yeah, I keep I, I keep meaning to play it to talk about it on the on the. Yeah, just show. do it. Just do it. It's It doesn't take very long. Right. It's a very good experience. <clears throat> I also forgot to talk about it on the podcast when I played it. No, maybe we can do it as the assignment. <laughs> uh, and I played um, Long Live the Queen, which is a, um, I think it's called a Raising Sim uh, from 2012. Um, it's the, the genre of game where, like, your, your main, the main form of gameplay is choosing what classes that this person, like, it's it, it's presented as, like, Kind of like you are this this girl is being groomed to be queen, but also you're the person grooming her. So like it's not really huh. made clear. Like, oh, wait, <clears throat> is this like a twine game? It's it's a visual novel sort of a thing. Like a ren, it's made in ren pie. Okay, is it? It's illustrated though. Yeah. No. Oh. Um, there might be another game named Long Live the Queen that's a twine game for all I know. Uh. But th this is one of those games where, like, most of what you're doing is, like, choosing what classes that the, 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 the proto-queen is going to attend this day. Um, and when I started playing this, like, it, it, it spends a lot of time explaining to you, like, here is your mood screen. And, like, the, the mood is uh, divided into four axes, where the axes are things like um, you have a slider that goes from depressed to cheerful... And a slider that goes from um, pressured to lonely, which are opposites, apparently. Weird. And then there's a slider that's like for how willful you are, yielding to willful, I think. Wait, is this all, is this a three-dimensional? Four-dimensional mood. Four-dimensional mood. Yeah. Not four, not... Uh, They're independent axes. It's not like yes. a single shape is. Oh, okay. I was imagining. Yeah. I was trying to imagine this in like a, a hypercube. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but then it's all like, what what actually happens is that whatever slider is furthest from neutral 
that becomes your mood for that week. Like, mm. so if you're the, 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 if you're closer to like maximum pressured than any other closer to maximum willful, then you are pressured for that week. And like each of these eight possible moods has, uh, an effect like has a bonus and a penalty to learning certain skills. So I spent like oh, an entire month afraid and afraid gives you a boost to like athletic skills, <laughs> learning athletics. Okay. And so I ended up being this amazing, terrified acrobat by the <laughs> end of the month. And then the game, like, because I was so athletic, it gave me a tutu to wear, which boosts your athleticism again, because dance is one of the athletic skills. And, but then like, then, but also you can go to do sports on the weekends when you're a certain level of athleticism and doing sports increases your anger, uh, which is the opposite of afraid. I was going to say, there's an anger mm. and fear opposites. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, and so I became too angry and isn't that the, the premise of that whole thing in Donnie Darko is yep. the, the anger and fear are not like the guy, the, the pedophile, his whole self-help thing is the single line with fear on one end and anger on the other. Or is, is love somewhere in there too? I don't know. Oh, I forget. I, I, I forget how to remember works. this scene. And then there's the Yoda thing about how, Oh yeah. <laughs> so I can't actually remember what leads to what anyway, but that didn't make sense either. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. That sounds right. Yeah. That sounds like something that George Lucas would believe. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got too angry. And I think angry anger gives you a boost to like military skills. So I put on the tutu and started going to like all the classes about like war strategy and how to drive a tank. <laughs> you know, there's an anime that is that. <laughs> I, I, this is the fucked up thing. I think playing this game made me get anime. <laughs> huh. What, like, what makes you say that? It's just like, oh yeah, like a, a girl in a tutu driving a tank. That's, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's reasonable thing that would happen. <laughs> right. I just, the stories that came out of it were like anime plots and okay. it felt, like oh yeah that's that's amusing to me but i'm not sure it would be amusing if it were like a team of writers coming up with these ideas rather than like a um rather than game engine systems coming up with them um and like i ended up married to somebody because i was like one of the so the, in addition to like choosing classes uh, the, usually like every week you have some sort of like story driven encounter with some court intrigue kind of a thing. And I, I ended up like leading our nation into war because I had never once taken a, a foreign relations class. And so I failed my foreign relations check. Um, there was one point where like I was kind of ignoring what a guy was saying because it wasn't interesting. And then it popped up a question about whether I should, whether I would agree to marry him. And like, apparently that's what he was talking about. I didn't realize it because I was, and I wasn't even sure. Was like, this thing you, Jim, was yes. interested? So you were just hammering through the text? <laughs> yes. Okay. This was not like you, man, what if, what if there was a game that yeah. if your character wasn't interested in what somebody else was saying, it was just replaced with a bunch of mumblings. Yeah. Like <laughs> blah, Charlie blah, Brown. Blah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that does happen. Yeah. In occasionally. Games. As, as like a, a one-off joke. 
It'll yeah, but not as like a but, system, right? Yeah, like well, that's just one way of James. You know, ever since my laser eye surgery, I can't see things I don't care about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That single panel is all you need to show somebody if you want to prove that Super Mega Comics is <laughs> one of the finest literary works of our time. <laughs> Man, he just reposted to Instagram the, like, Thosterson, there's a bear coming out of the wall again. Mm. <laughs> I wish there was a way to, I wish there was a way to tweet a link to an Instagram post. Could you just screen cap it and well it's like no because it's like a series like an instagram post of like eight oh, a story photos that's like a friend like i don't think it's a story okay i don't know i don't i don't know how to instagram i don't know what instagram is but you can't just like here's a link to the instagram.com page for this post because there isn't one because it just only exists hmm. as an app you would have to take screenshots of every, every page frame. and then like do as many tweets in a row as it took to post yeah. them all <laughs> but then i'm just reposting johnny smash's content yeah as opposed to social media signal boosting him well you could if you could put Twitter a link to his thing frames. in the text of the tweet i guess anyway you married this guy i'm sorry i did i married this guy um and it gave me a boost to plus two <clears throat> willful which is what really matters because plus, I didn't live long enough to see like the plus two what willful ah uh, okay um and then I um and I, then I was thinking about like if you're trying to get a well-rounded education you really want to spend like you want to divide up the school year into eight slices and spend an equal amount of time depressed and pressured and lonely and angry. Right. And cheerful because then you get an equal boost to all of your different skills. Is cheerful the only, I guess, willful would be a positive stat. I mean, arguably. Yeah. Angry. Like the ones that are on the top of the screen, let me see if I can remember them. There is cheerful and there's angry and there's willful and there's pressured, which is the opposite of lonely. Uh. Pressured is the opposite of lonely? All right. Willful yeah. versus, what was the opposite of willful? Uh, yielding. Yielding, <laughs> right. Hungry. <laughs> um, and then I died Willful and intestate. <laughs> because bandits attacked and I lost my, I failed four checks in a row and they were, like the, when you're, like visual novel stuff happens, like it tells you text about what's happening at the bottom of the screen and then sometimes it will like, pop up like you passed or failed a skill check and i failed these four checks and they were archery reflexes battlefield medicine and composure mm -hmm. and then i died hmm. um and then i was i was just like browsing a wiki for like for this encounter like what 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 would have happened with each of these checks um and it turns out that like this game, I had, I had interpreted it like, especially with the genre Raising Sim being called Raising Sim, that this was like a roguelike type thing where like you, you choose what classes you take and then you also get like dealt encounters out of a deck and maybe that leads up to, uh, like some sort of procedural like, uh, climax. But it turns out to all be pretty scripted. Like, you know, in advance that you're going to need to do these skill checks at this week. Oh, if you know the game. If you know the game. I see. Yeah. Mm. Not as, and I think, like, they don't tell you in advance. 
Well, and the fact that I died like halfway through the game, I think feel like I feel like you're supposed to do it repeatedly. Yeah, it's sort of like a adventure game, right? Can you save? You can sh- you can save, yeah. yeah. Okay. So was there anything you could have done differently in the thing that you died, or was it like you hadn't leveled her up correctly? And so... I'm not sure. I think I could have made a choice like the previous week that would have done things differently. How long did it take to play out this? The, so that was about an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's not. I mean, it's not too bad. And what do you feel like? How much of your? How much of a like? How much longer would it have been before you died of old age? <laughs> uh, the game ends at week forty. Because um, life is over at 40. Because that, at that point you become crowned queen mm-hmm. and they didn't implement then like the the civilization ver- half of the game. If, mm. that well, would be after natural, after like, that you just start playing Reigns Her Majesty. Right. It actually felt like weirdly similar. Like I think Reigns might have been inspired by either this game or games like this because of the the four axes that you're yeah. trying to... That you're trying to like fine tune, uh, but it, it, playing this game kind of like and realizing that it wasn't exactly what I was hoping for kind of made me want to try Crusader Kings. Mm. Oh man, the Crusader Kings is super interesting, but it looks hard. Yeah, it really, it's really intimidating. <laughs> I've I've it's watched really- a little bit of. One of the thumbs, I think it was Chris Remo playing it, and it, it just, it's baffling, but crazy, like, interesting stories just just storm right out of it, just falling everywhere out of it, but yeah, yeah. the, the yeah, act that's... of actually playing it seems impossible to me. Right, and and that, like, and not just playing and succeeding, but even just playing it. Yeah, yeah. Seems extremely difficult. And that's what's intimidating, because I like if I played that game, I wouldn't give a shit about winning. I would just want the dumb stories. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I'll and maybe I'll feel. Too there's probably like there's probably like a million hours or, of YouTube tutorial videos by that's probably true. XX yep. Goku XX that'll help you. Yeah, uh, and I played a bunch more Hitman Two. Um, and I've basically kind of come around to liking these levels. So the last week, I had been concerned that um, uh, that I didn't. I I only liked one of the five levels in the new game, and I was wondering whether or not it was because I just wasn't familiar enough with them. And like having replayed them all, like I do, like I feel like I have seen better sides of them than I had before. And so like, I'm kind of coming around on it, hmm. which is good. Um, I don't know if I have anything new to say about it, but I thought I should get that out there. Like I've, I've, I've talked about the Hitman systems so much on this podcast that like, it's really hard to, to imagine like having anything new to say about it. Did you play Tom's custom level that he made? No, I did not. The, the uh, is that a contract? I think so. Like a what was it? Unintended <clears throat> workplace accident or something like okay. that. Okay, yeah. The uh, hearing him talk about Hitman Two made me really want to play it, but hearing him talk about anything makes it sound good so, because yeah. he's very good at telling stories. Some about people games. are really good storytellers. Yeah, and yep. it's like I just I know that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be into. I it just didn't care them. about Hitman One enough. Like. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I like the puzzly aspect of it, but the fact that it, it, it's all in service of just killing people maybe yeah, makes me just not care. That that sucks, and I'm wondering like, so one of the things that I was thinking about was recording like a let's play. So one of the things you can do in this game is they have this concept called uh, mission stories, which is you can. Um, follow a certain series of steps and like you you're you're pretending to be like a person who get to get close to this other to to the your target and it sets up a scenario where you can easily kill this person because you're like you're a car mechanic for like that you're supposed to you're, you're then you go and then sabotage their car and i wonder like how many of these a lot of them definitely support like you're the car mechanic, so you can go fix their car, and then they continue on with the race, and that's the entire interaction. Hmm. It can, you you can do things like you can in, infiltrate these situations, and then like you just give just the person a, a massage. Do, do a good job. <laughs> yeah, that's there's. Um, and the, I feel uh, like that that would be like an interesting let's play series. Just to go go through all of the all Kier, of these interactions. Kieran Gillen uh, touched on that concept a little bit on Twitter last night he was he was asking about uh the origin or definition of some phrase that i forget what it was but he related it to everybody like your friends sitting down to play a round of tabletop call of cthulhu but instead of like in, instead of like searching out monsters they all just like went to visit your grandma and started a stamp collection <laughs> right what about like instead of Hitman, it was like Boop Man, and the whole idea <laughs> All was the targets were snacks. Yeah, Snack, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what if what if you were meant to like sneak up on somebody and like show them, demonstrate to them that you could have killed them, oh, oh, you didn't? Man, what if it was like sneakers, right? What where, about yeah, a Cupid like, Sim? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I, what, right. Huh. My my pitch was going to be: What if there was a drug in the fiction of this world? There's a drug that is the best and most entertaining drug ever invented, but it only works if you don't know you've taken it. And so <laughs> your job as hitman, your you've job been is hired. To dose people. You've been hired by this person to dose them with the drug. But then I was like, well, one of the ways you dose somebody is by like pushing them off a cliff. <laughs> Into a cauldron of it or whatever. Right, like, right. like, I guess that doesn't totally work as just a reskin of Hitman. Right, yeah. Or, like, setting them on fire. Yeah, like, it's... a lot of the things that you do in Hitman, like, they would know. Right. <laughs> right, like, shooting them. They were like, oh, but it, w it was with a dart gun. Eh, you would still know. Yeah. I, I One of the saddest things about, and this, is, this was a major pain point in Hitman 1 as well, of just, like... You basically have to play online, um, and that's extremely. And I think they did it for just for DM, DRM reasons, and that's extremely not compatible with mods, mm. uh, which is how these sort of ideas could come to fruition. On the other hand, like there's an item that I haven't tried to mess with, just that's just like a a wet newspaper, and. I don't know if, like, you just knock people out with it like you do with any other melee weapon. Or your target is a fly. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, or if you, like, go up and hit them with the newspaper and then they just get annoyed. That, like, man. Okay, imagine this game except it's, like, just 
like you're just supposed to pr- play a prank on somebody, yeah. right? Like, like hit him with Looney a pie Tunes or stuff, or whatever, yeah. right? Or or even like you know the in between scenes from like the Jackass movies, right? Like trick this guy into walking down this hallway so that you can trigger the giant rubber hand to <laughs> slap him, right? Like get him to get him to carry a, a tray of glasses of champagne. Yeah, wrap all of his possessions in aluminum foil. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, like get him trick, like right, right, like trick the trick the chef into leaving the kitchen so that you can steal yeah. hundreds of rolls of aluminum foil. <laughs> Just be like, like hit man when he was in boarding, like hit boy when yeah, he was yeah. in boarding boy. school. Boy, hit yeah. boy. <laughs> now that you've now that you've successfully. Uh, pushed over a porta potty while the headmaster of the school is in it you have truly become the hitman <laughs> what have you been playing kevin i'm i'm sorry i'm trying to invert hitman and roban or something <clears throat> Ro- batman and robin and hit hitman and rohan <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Doesn't quite work. <laughs> what would what would Hitman's sidekick be named? Mm. Robin. <laughs> Hitman and robber. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I've been playing. Uh, I, I I spent like maybe half an hour playing Dandy Dungeon because I guess they are shutting down the servers for that game. Oh right. Why, Why did that guy have? have I don't know. I didn't. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, don't know. Doesn't make any sense to me. What's gonna What's gonna happen to that <clears throat> adorable Japanese man? Uh, I think that you can play in offline mode. I mean, the developer, not the oh, I have no idea. not the character in the game. He's the, had something a, new come out. Million recently. Onion Hotel. No, released. after that, more recently. After that, I think so. Well, I've I have heard that he either has had something new come out or is about to. Ten Million Onion Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, so I like the basic gameplay. I was kind of turned off by the just vast quantity of time you spend not playing the like core game loop. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, cute as it was, it was like, man. Yeah. It's super and grindy. Was, yeah. And I was also kind of getting the sense that I was going to rapidly become overwhelmed because I feel like it was a game that got sort of continuous development for a long time and I was coming in at a very late point because there were all kinds of weird things that you were getting access to early because it assumed that you were coming back for a special event and so, oh. or something. And so you had like a high, high level character and I was like, no, I don't know anything about what's going on. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I think the temptation to make a game more complicated for the existing fans so that they have something new to do is is super understandable. <laughs> uh, mm, yeah, I wonder. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I played a little bit of Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, um, which is basically just... That's uh, the like Nintendo game that they made in advance of the Egovania Kickstarter yeah. game. Uh, it was on it was on sale on the switch so i got i got it and i like it i i didn't play very far into it i'm i've I think i've got i've unlocked the third character because you like sort of accumulate 
characters that you can switch between that have different special abilities and stats and that kind of stuff. Um, is that a Castlevania game in the in the vein of a of a late era Castlevania game? It's like Castlevania three. It's like fixed levels, but okay. you can play them as multiple characters, and that at the same time there's multiple paths you, through them as okay. a result. I think there's one branch games. per level. Oh yeah, is that all? I think. Uh, I see. That's all I've. At noticed. least in the later <laughs> the later levels have multiple branches. Do they? Okay. I think they might. They might always end up in the same. Like I think there's only one boss per level, but that there was are my question. Was routes like, to get to it. Am I missing something by taking a particular by making a particular choice? Uh, there it, are pickups like, that are permanent throughout the game that will be in one or the other of the branches. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, there's because I noticed like the little box underneath the level, and I found it in my first level, but I wasn't sure if that just wouldn't have existed if I'd gone the other way. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Uh, it's hard. Um, but it's, you know, you can, there's a setting where you can just get infinite lives if you want and play it that way. Uh, and then, uh, the most of the past week I spent sort of just playing through all of, uh, letter quest remastered also on the switch. It was, uh, pretty heavily discounted on the switch for cyber, the cyber deal sale or whatever. Uh, and it's basically word realms with without any story or plot or anything. It's just it's just a bunch of combats where you have letter tiles and you're spelling out words and you spell a word and then it does some damage to the enemy and then the enemy does some damage back to you and you get new letter tiles and there are status effects where they change some of the tiles into tiles that are that hurt you if you use them or tiles that are bonuses if you use them. And then there's enemies that take extra damage if you use tiles from the top row or if you start a word with a vowel or if you use a short word or whatever. Um, Was this called Letter Quest? Letter Quest. Uh, and yeah, so each each level has four different sort of star Variants so you can like complete the level, which is the basic one. You can complete the level under a certain time limit, which was never a problem. Uh, you can well, not for an MIT grad. Well, I think for people who have made a word game before, right? Not for somebody who knows how to spell MIT. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then like the, the like the challenge levels were sometimes genuinely difficult, where you had to. The, the bosses, all the characters had more hit points and then they had some weird added restriction. Like the very first one is uh, only takes damage from three letter words. So it's actually mm-hmm. kind of challenging to do enough damage before they kill you. Um, Man, you know what game was actually pretty good? Was the game that we made out of Word Realms after <laughs> Word Realms for kids. Sure. Isn't, isn't that for sale on Still iPad? Is. Oh yeah. It's free. Yeah, yeah, Nestor iOS. Just, is yeah. it free? Yeah, it's yeah, really you, good. It, it's like the first quarter of the game is free. And then you the only the thing second, that is wrong with that game, third, in my memory at least, I haven't played it recently, but the only thing that I think is like not good uh-huh. is that it's way too easy because it was targeted at children. It is really oh. easy, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Did we? And we didn't like institute like a hard mode. I guess there were the well, challenges. We there were the challenge modes on all of them, which were I thought were pretty well. But there, but there's no like, you can't like just turn on a hard mode. You can mode. just opt into like, yeah. Uh, it would have been hard to do that in a way that wasn't boring. It's like, oh, everything has twice as many hit points. Right. And that so that game had, like, extremely minimal plot. Letter Quest or? Uh, Master Swords. Well, Master Swords had a lot of plot. Did it? 
Yeah, I mean, you gotta find those like, swords for your uncle. There weren't like character arcs and stuff, but there was a <laughs> lot of stuff going on. There were there were stories about you doing things in environments. They just all led to sequences of fights, but like right, okay. There was a reason. There was a reason that you were doing each particular little thing, and there were like bespoke bosses that had some flavor to them in some yeah. way. Yeah, and this so letter quest didn't even have didn't even have that. that. Yeah. Uh but you know what? I just it just didn't matter. I just enjoyed making words yeah, out of letter fun, tiles. It's a fun central loop. Well, says us. Yeah, exactly. If... Like I think maybe we are the 0.5% of people that actually like that kind of game or whatever. But all the kids, all the kids, kids dig it for sure. Master swords. Yeah. We just need to hook them early, is what you're saying. Minecraft, but with letter tiles. <gasps> for children. Oh, I also played a little bit of Minecraft. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Why? Uh, they keep updating it. Yeah. I didn't do any of the underwater stuff from the uh, newest update, but all I did oh, was well, like do my... Talk no- about what you did, and then I'll talk about the underwater stuff. Oh, nice. That's all I did. Uh, all I did was... Uh, because I haven't been playing Minecraft, so I don't know. Like, I went into the water and died, and then a dolphin pushed all my shit around that I dropped. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was my one exposure to the water stuff. Uh, you died from lack of air? I No, I think a, a dolphin ate deer you? bit me. <laughs> uh, it was uh, probably a fish. It was a reindeer, because <laughs> it was a quack. Oh. Uh, Christ. I did the thing that I always do in Minecraft, which is I built a, I chopped down some trees and then I built a workbench and then I tunneled down a 45 degree angle into the first mountain that I saw. Uh, there's a bunch of different kinds of rock now. Yeah. I got yeah. some granite um, and I got some diocite or something. In the next think, update, you'll be able to make stairs out of that. Hmm. Uh, it, I looked up what it was for and it was like, this does different things. If you use pieces of it in like redstone switches or whatever, you can make like oh, really? redstone transistors and stuff by using different things. I thought it was all stone. just decorative. That's cool. It is. I think there are some decorative elements of it. Yeah. I was looking, I wish to fuck that there's a, I watched, I skimmed a 25 minute YouTube video where a English man Told us about all of the new features in Minecraft 1.12, and boy, did I miss most of it because I didn't want to watch a 25 minute <laughs> video about it. Like, I wish that there was just a summary there, of that you, stuff that was that was actually like is. well on the Minecraft like, on the Minecraft wiki. They have they have reports of those. You can make like cool terracotta pattern tiles now huh? that have different repeating tile patterns depending on what direction you're facing when you place them like stairs. Okay. Yeah. It seems really good. Finicky. Yeah. It does seem kind of finicky. Um, yeah. What What did you do with it, Riff? Uh, well, the... Let's see. I... Uh, I... Wanted to see like all the new ocean stuff because I think I think that was like that was like the last either that or the patch before it was the patch that happened right after I quit stopped playing last time. So I I like all right I was see the ocean stuff sounds pretty cool coral reefs and and sunken ships and stuff. So I started a new world and like 
I guess by coincidence, it started me off on a little island in like this area, this huge ocean just dotted with little islands, which was perfect. And uh, so I just ran around looking at ocean content and there, there are just sunken ships and like little ruined underwater buildings like everywhere. Like you can hardly throw a stone without encountering one. And the great thing about the, the sunken ships is, well, A, they come in like a, a lot of different forms. There's like, you might see like just like half a ship or you might see an entire ship or you might see a slightly bigger ship and they might be upside down or sideways. And so there's lots of variety there. And, but more importantly, every, uh, every sunken ship has from one to three treasure chests in it. And what one, well, either that treasure chest or one of the treasure chests will contain a uh, treasure map that just straight up gives you a map to somewhere where there's a treasure chest buried and you can just go there and find it. And it was awesome. I just, just chained those together forever but uh, but eventually what where i stopped playing was that um it gets really hard like it it's trying to explore the ocean sucks if you don't have underwater enchantments and the enchanting system in minecraft is such that it's basically impossible to get any enchantment deliberately yeah. And they they've made it like even worse because it it used to be that you could spend hours and hours setting up like an experience grinder and farm experience and then spend your experience just churning out enchanted books until you get an enchanted book that's useful to you. They've blocked that by making enchantments also require nuggets of lapis lazuli, which is not farmable. So basically, if if you want a particular enchantment, your only solution is to hope or cheat. <laughs> hmm. But how do I, you how do you I, get lapis lazuli? Uh, it's mine. It's it's a mine. Yeah, it's like a rare mineable. It's it's between <clears throat> like it's like about as rare as redstone to mine. Well, that's not rare at all, though. Like you. By playing the game for a couple hours, you have more risk. Right, you do eventually need. get some, but but you can't you can't just churn out enchantments indefinitely. Something that had fundamentally changed since the last time I played was that all, like you don't have to figure anything out crafting anymore. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's got oh, an, really? a recipe book. Yeah. yeah, it's just like menu. Yeah, you still can, but it's just generally speaking, it's just menu based. Every time you, every time like you, they added like five more steps between chopping down a tree and making anything out of it. No, it, it, all the steps are the same. You don't you don't have to use the menu. It, it it still works if you just plug the wood into your crafting grid like normal. But but what's significant is that every time you get an every time you pick up an object that you haven't had before, it adds every recipe that includes that object to your recipe book. So that wow. so so that you can look up like dictionary style what you can make. That seems like a fundamental change to the game. It's. I mean, not if you consider that no one could ever play Minecraft without a wiki open. That yeah. no one ever did. I did mm. for a long time, and then when I went back to it, I didn't look anything up. And like, did you did you craft stuff by just guessing? I tried to figure stuff out. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was stuff I just didn't know how to make. I mean, how much success did you have? Uh, I I don't know. Like part of it was I, rem I remember. I made a from stick. The, er 
Yeah. I mean, you make, cause if you know that something is possible and you have an idea of like what constitutes it, you can yeah. spend some time messing around. I think the complicated stuff you would never yeah. figure out. Yeah, how, so how big is this? Is it a four by four grid? Three by three. Three by three. Yeah. Yeah. You could totally like try a bunch of stuff and find and discover some recipes there. And th- I mean, the problem is that there are now so many different kinds of blocks that if they wanted to do stuff that was specific to certain kinds of blocks and certain kinds of other blocks that you would just yeah you'd combinatorially. I, you just I, I feel like that sort of mechanic is it maybe exists in order to encourage people to make a wiki. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, like that that's the sort of game design decision that like that you make in order to like try to create or bring together a community and Minecraft does mm. not need any help with that anymore. We I mean we I think in Kingdom of Loathing definitely early on it was you know there were 50 items and so you would just try it with every other item that made any kind of sense and it would it, the combinations sort of fell out. And yeah, then, I actually, Kingdom of Loathing is actually a pretty good comparison. And then there were a thousand items, and then that kind of became impractical. And so then right. we just added categories to everything so that, like, it reduced it back down to the 50 item sort of sweet spot. Like the doodle god sort of problem where, like, it starts yeah. out, it starts out fun and interesting and, and like a reasonable possibility space and then just gets out of control and unfun again. Right. Um, yeah. We're up to over 10,000 items in Kingdom of Loathing now. Jesus. Yeah. But you still have enough categories that there's only 50 items in every category? Uh, no, no, we're way past that. But people people just sort of, I think the expectation is that they use a wiki. Yeah. At this point. You can discover some cocktails. Yeah. You know? I mean, and they make sense to some, to some degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just now not, nothing makes any sense. Yeah, the the other value of that sort of interface is to give the the feeling that anything is possible. Yeah. Um Yeah, which that's true. Is kind of undercut by having a wiki where you can just see a list of things you can make. So those those two benefits of that sort of mechanic are kind of at odds with each other. It's in a it's in a good way though. I, I think if you don't let yourself look at a wiki for a long time and you just f- play with what you figure out that that's very exciting when you find something new. I, yeah. And I think like more and more people are kind of realizing that it's, that's fun. Yeah. It's a fun way to play a game. Well, and that's what like blueprints are good for. Like if you discover stuff, in the game that tells you how to make other stuff that can be, like that you can, be you can good. find a recipe, like yeah. a recipe can be like something that you earn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if it's just keeping track of everything that you've made so that you don't have to, like you don't accidentally get stuff that you've already done. That can be, that can yeah. be good. Did you find anything particularly cool under the water? Riff? Um, there, the little ruin, there's like a large variety of these, uh, like little ancient buildings that are all like waterlogged and, and ruined in various states of ruinedness that are pretty cool. Um, and while I was exploring, I also wandered into one of the, uh, one of the big underwater, well, wandered upon, I didn't explore it, 
uh, one of the big underwater temples that they'd uh, put in in a previous update to that. Hmm. But uh, I would like to go back and uh, finish, uh, like, get into there and, and clear that out at some point, because those are really cool. But uh, what what eventually happened in my game was that I decided I I didn't want to just, like, outright cheat myself enchantments without without balancing it somehow. So I decided I would have to, like, actually still craft an enchanting table and actually make all the books and everything, and then I would just, like, I'd cheat myself an enchantment book and then throw away the materials I would have used to make it, just okay. so that so that I'm still, like, I'm, like, pretending to, to make enchantments properly, but my hit rate is always 100%. Sure. Um, so uh, what resulted in that was that I needed to find cows for the leather, so I explored a few different islands until I found cows, and I made a little farm with a cow pen, and, and at that point you've got two different bases that are... Made a little farm with are... cow pen? What? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, okay. Is the, the guy from House, the, the intern that shot himself? Was that I... in House? Yeah, I have no idea. Isn't he the guy from Harold and Kumar? Yeah, who same then guy. Was Obama staffer. Uh, for whatever reason, I yeah. think of him as the guy from House who shot himself. Anyway, what what always happens when you have two <laughs> bases we, we apart from each other is that you uh, is that you end up wanting a uh, transit system a, a transit system between them it, through the Nether. So I got to the Nether and found myself spending like an hour just building a cobblestone catwalk above a lava lake. And I was like, you know, I think I can be done now. <laughs> Does Minecraft still have sponge? Yeah, but it's hard to get. It, it's 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 in those. The only place it spawns naturally is in those underwater temples. What is it? What is it good for? Uh, you can, um, you can, if it's, you, there's dry sponge and wet sponge. If you've got a wet sponge, you put it into the, in the furnace to make it a dry sponge. If it's a dry sponge, you place it in water to destroy a radius of blocks of water. Okay. So, so you can use it to like empty out a lake easily without, without having to like use a million or just have buckets. Like a or just have a bubble of of underwater air. Does it, uh, well, the it would the the water would collapse into that space, so you would have to then line it with glass or something. But yeah, oh, you, that's... you would use it in support of building that. Yeah. Wait. So if you so if you use a sponge underwater, you get like a sphere of air for a second, and then does the water just fill in, or does the water? collapse and do you have like less water up on the surface i believe the way it would mechanically work is that the the ceiling water blocks would pour water down waterfall style and then as then the the lowest level those moving water blocks would congeal into still water blocks and then it would it would layer by layer return to being still water until it was filled back up again. Huh. This is different. Like I, I played Minecraft like in the the creative mode. I think is what they called it back mm -hmm. in the day. Um, when and and in this uh, in that version, like you could place a sponge and it would just stay there indefinitely and and leave an, a pocket of air around it. 
Um, and figuring out that that's what was going on was actually a really neat kind of aha moment. Like when it was just constantly sucking in water, is that the, how it was working or? Well, it, it like presumably like that's how it's working thematically, but mechanically, like you just place it and the water vanishes from around it. Hmm. Um, and I don't think this, maybe this version of Minecraft didn't really have flowing water. I'm not sure, but like, I, I remember like it being a, Part of a big part of my enjoyment of that version of the game was just kind of like figuring out the special properties of each material, mm-hmm. and and that one that was an especially weird one because my first impression was that it was a kind of cheese, and I just thought it would be funny to build things out of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> then, can you? Th- you may have answered this. Uh, can- when you, if you just start out in in a new Minecraft world with this aquatic update, like, are there, if you go to the water, can you, like, get to a shipwreck and find some treasure? Oh, yeah. Without having anything? Okay. So, you, like, they're close enough to the surface that you can. They, they, they vary. Uh, you might find one, like, way deep in the bottom of the ocean, or you might find one, like, on a beach. Above, oh, so sometimes the they're, water. like, above the water? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Wow. So Minecraft's yeah. Generates- if you find if you find any body of water of like reasonable size, like an ocean or something, and build a boat and just start going, I promise you'll find a shipwreck in minutes. So I was never particularly impressed by the building design in the like early villager stuff. Mm. They're improving. Yeah. Are they okay? Yeah. The the underwater temples are really cool. Okay. They're it's just practically impossible to deal with in in the early game, uh, even if you luck out and happen to find one. Because of the lack of the underwater breathing, right? Or? And and yeah, and because there there uh, there there aren't any like air pockets inside them naturally. I guess you could you could bring a lot of doors with you to make <laughs> places you can stand and breathe. Uh, but they're also full of like unique spawn monsters that shoot lasers at you and oh, huh. things. Yeah, I feel like the way that I always used to deal with water was like fill it up with dirt blocks and then dig it back out. Yeah, yeah. There is I uh, that that still basically works. I think I think that I I don't really understand off the top of my head how like what the mechanism is by which flowing water will become still water. But. Can you is just, it when they run deep? <laughs> can you just uh, like dig out the top of the temple? Uh, I mean, yeah, you probably, well, uh, let's see the, the, the boss monster that lives in the temple um, broadcasts a, an, a debuff that makes mining very slow for you within his radius. No. So, uh-huh. so that's how that's how they stopped that. Actually, that's kind of clever. Yeah. Neat. Yeah, what a great way of handling that. Yeah, that's really clever. Fiction, like that's that feels like something. It's they it's stole cool from when it happens too, because <laughs> yeah, like probably. when when it inflicts it on you, it it like makes a spooky noise, and you see like a ghost picture of the boss appear for a second and then dissolve. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I'm too afraid to mine properly. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you played anything else, Riff? Or should we use this as a segue to talk about other islands? I did. Um, I've played that, and I played uh, the new uh, Pokemon is pretty much what I played. Yeah, so, so how how yeah. is the new Pokemon different from a regular Pokemon? Because I hear it's not exactly the same thing. It is not. Um the uh the difference is that um instead of encountering the, so the the trainer battles are the same as they always have been they're like the menu driven uh fights of your pokemon against the trainer's pokemon um but encounters with wild pokemon are now um well, for, first of all, they are, they are not random encounters anymore. It's just wherever you see patches of tall grass, there will be Pokemon wandering around in it. And if you see a Pokemon that you would like to try and catch, you run up to it. Um, and then the oh, so you see them like in the overworld. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're just walking around in the overworld, and uh, and, and then uh, you don't beat the shit out of it first. No, you if you run up to one. It goes into uh, basically identical to Pokemon Go's catching me me mechanic. You're you're looking at it sort of front on in a first person perspective, and you huck Pokeballs at it until you manage to catch it. And it uses Pokemon Go's like shrinking colored ring target and all. That's interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's super interesting to me that they are. And do we know if like are they making a regular like mainline Pokemon game as yes, well? Yes, they are. There okay. there will be there will be a mainline Pokemon slated to come out next year. Um they have not indicated what features from this may or may not make it into that one. So right. like the the general consensus is a... that this is this is to this this game is to introduce like younger players and people who only really know Pokemon Go into yeah. the mainline series gradually. Um, and it's apparently it doing shame, really like, well if, in that regard, too. That's cool, yeah. It would be a shame if, like, the Pokemon, the Pokeball peripheral you can get didn't work in the new, the next yeah, game. Yeah, I, I, uh, there's, the way I would like it to work in the, in the new mainline game, um, would be the the uh, I guess this is kind of a spoiler, but it's not not important or anything. If if anybody's super concerned about Pokemon Let's Go spoilers, you can cover your ears. When you wake up the Snorlax, um, it starts a fight with the Snorlax in trainer battle style, and then when you defeat it, it goes directly to the catching mode. So I that I think that would if you wanted like the good have your cake and eat it too version of this, it would be just to make every wild Pokemon fight into that. So you, you, you have the fight against the Pokemon menu driven and you can either beat it up or run away if you don't care about it. And that yeah. gives you your experience points. And then after you've beaten it up, uh, you can, you can like press a to go to the, the catching mode and then catch it. Yeah. Do you actually do defeat the Snorlax? Do you yes. bring it down to zero HP? Yes, you get it down because to like... zero. Because, because yeah, that is the pain. The that is the biggest thing that is a pain in the ass in in the main line, in the Pokemon games is having to get a guy within an inch of its life without killing it. Right. 
And, and I and, thought that was like your, your just dude just always. Part of the game. Yeah, I mean it is, but it's 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 one of those mechanics that makes things interesting, but also frustrating because invariably sure, yeah. the guy that you really want, you'll get it down close and go, okay, I should go just one more hit, and that's the hit that your guy criticals and destroys right. him. But yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it, that's that's the main difference. Um, everything else is is pretty much the same. Uh, Plot-wise and map-wise, it's identical to red, blue, yellow, uh, leaf, green, fire, red. You know, you everybody has played. Everybody that's into the ma- mainline series has played Kanto a million times. So this will either be way too familiar or it'll be nicely nostalgic for you, depending. Right. Um, but everything's super pretty. Like, all the art is really nice. The animations are really nice. Um, I've been going back and forth between this and Pokemon Black, which I think is really ugly, and it it's and it seems re- like even uglier because of the is contrast. Is Black a 3DS game? It is. I think it was the last of the regular DS games. Right. But yeah, it, yeah, it's it's uh, it's good. It's a good little game. Well, at this point, we should talk about our assignment. Sure. Grace Bruxner presents The Haunted Island, a frog detective game. This is like a 45-minute long, uh, cute adventure game where you're a frog solving a mystery. It doesn't really go anywhere, and it's What do you mean? It has a... It has a... It definitely epic, has a, a denouement. Epic, uh, yeah. Like, you think? Yeah. Oh. I was surprised to hear you describe it as having jokes. jokes. I think... I laughed at least once. So yeah. Did I, yeah. But I mean, I, I laughed. It's it's like the characters and their conversations are funny, but it's not that they're telling jokes. It's just that yeah. they're 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 nice, funny people, and and they they have like what? this breezy <laughs> style. What defines a joke then? If 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 like well, an utterance that's like unexpected and not, funny isn't the a joke, then are not themselves what the fuck? Like a setup to a specific weird thing, you know? Like you know, I you understand is, what I'm saying, right, Riff? Yeah. This I is some so. sort of weird continuum of humor that I am just missing the like the cutoff of what counts as a joke and what doesn't. Then, because like there were sentences that were funny, yeah, in the context of. A setup, so I okay. Well, that's, okay, fair, that's a, fair enough. That's a joke to me. I I want so much more stuff in this aesthetic. Yeah, sure. yeah. I hope, I, I hope that the because when you finish it, it's it it ta- it mentions like or I don't know. Yeah, says the in, name in, of invisible. what the next one is going to be. Yeah. yeah so the whole the whole presentation real. implies that it's part of a series, which yeah. is you know fingers crossed. Yeah, it's extremely charming. Um, yeah, but but now all she does is play Hitman too, so we're, <laughs> we're doomed. That's okay. She's entitled. No, yeah, no, I'm I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying that you, you never once you finish a video game, all you do is play another video game, and then you never release a third video game. It's gonna be weird if this game makes some money but not a lot of money mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be hard for her potentially because she had essentially zero budget like she's a child essentially <laughs> and all of the people that she had doing the work for her were doing it for free and that is gonna get weird oh if there's like 
a little bit of money, but yeah, not like enough to actually like, pay people. Right. And that's that's probably like it, I hope I hope that the world affords us more stuff from her before the fact that making video games is fundamentally a capitalist enterprise crashes down and makes everyone hate everything in that, in that like local continuum. I mean, not to be a, not to be a bummer about it, but it's like it, like that kind of thing either I think needs to like, there either needs to be like an entire career of making weird art in this, in that space and at, at the same kind of low scale or it needs to be very successful to the point where you can then build something sort of real around that aesthetic. Otherwise everything is just going to be like a miserable struggle and like a bunch of drama. I am surrounding it. I was very surprised to learn how little income Natalie law had had accumulated over the course of all of her games and i those games feel like games that sell dozens of copies i think they are way more alienating and i feel like she's slowly be like making her games a little more accessible which i'm very excited about um but she's like always had to have a day job sure uh but like so but the di- so the difference i think critically is that as far as i know natalie does everything in her games maybe uh, yeah i don't know uh but also gives them away for free okay right uh like pay what you want on itch kind of situation sure uh whereas grace has actually put the game up for money and I remember Bennett Foddy talking about how glad he was when she announced this, that other people were putting their names in the titles of their games. And it's kind of a bummer that it's not, it doesn't show up in the title on Steam. I wonder if it was just too long. Oh, no idea. Yeah. Oh, no, it's shorter than the J.J. McElmore and the haunted mystery of <laughs> Swery's next game. Oh, God, what a good name that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's good i i i was just it was super super delightful it's alien yeah. casino was a lot of fun to fuck around in and it's so like i don't even care whether she knows that that's not how you spell casino or not it doesn't matter <laughs> it has to be intentional right does it I don't, that's the I don't thing know. I don't know. Like I think it, I mean, the, maybe the that's whole, what makes it alien. The whole thing does exude kind of a childlike aesthetic, and that fits with that. So, it's weird. It has the aesthetic of outsider art, but it has the production values of a good a thing with good production values. <laughs> I wish I had I a like sentence a, there. Like a solo indie. Developer you know what I mean? That, yeah. It's not. Yeah. You're not. But it's not what I would call like like professional oh though man you know you don't like the camera doesn't clip into scenery like the it, it's 
That maybe was, Unity is maybe Unity is just like way more. But I mean, there's a programmer working on this, right? Like she did the sure. she did the character yeah, no, design. I don't is, know if she does the like models or whatever. She did the writing, but there's like a this programmer. could have been so much sloppier. Like it, yeah. it exudes like childishness, childlikeness, but it really is like a very tightly constructed. Uh, very simple, but very tightly constructed for what it is. And even Alien Casino, like when she was presenting that at Fantastic Arcade the year before The Haunted Island came out, she talked about how there was like this table in a corner. And she was like, the reason this table is here is because when you were standing there, you could hear the thing on the other side of the wall. And I couldn't figure out how to fix it. So I just put a table there so that you couldn't stand there. And like, <laughs> you wouldn't do that if you were just fucking around right like the, yeah, the fact a, that the, the that's fact how that, problems get solved in video right. games and i mean i guess like partly partly i can kind of right but you have to care enough about that problem to solve it mm-hmm. which oikospiel would not have and that is why i don't like oikospiel <laughs> well right it's, it's not it's like, not as fair. if this thing were completely solid right like it, you can it isn't you, you go it, into the cave and you can very easily just fall out of the world no nah, it didn't happen to me yeah, so me either didn't okay. happen uh, you Fine. are also like, you know, if she had enough money to not pay you sure. to help her work on this game, then you could, you know, give it the Firewatch. Like, you know, the reason that didn't happen in Firewatch <laughs> is because you helped sure. them with it and found all the places where you could fall through the geometry in Firewatch, right? <laughs> even with that, even with that level of, of polish, you were still able to find sure. those in, in that. There was, but, in the, in the underwater scene in Frog Fractions, there was a guy who, found a bunch of ways to get out of the world and i was just like this is the only like only one tester has ever even looked for that stuff fuck it yeah it's fine i mean i think we all of us really have a particular soft spot in our hearts for like i'm gonna pick an aesthetic and even though it's a kind of a childish looking thing i'm just gonna lean into it real fucking hard and and make a thing and she's definitely doing that in a non sloppy way. Like, yeah, that's but the, there's definitely there's definitely like a self consciousness to it that is not like Whereas Nat Natalie's stuff just it's like the, it, like if she saw that there was some artifacting on a thing, she would make it so she would just blow up that part ten X. Yeah. So there would be extra artifacting there as opposed to fixing it, right? Like right. that that is the sense that I get at least. Like I don't Well yeah, because that makes it more interesting. Right. Like, yeah, but it's also, but it also makes it seem sloppy, right? It, it, it puts an extra barrier in front of like experiencing the emotional content of it. That said, like the haunted island goes like it doesn't have anything to say, right? Other, like it's, it's very like, And maybe some of this is just having seen her talk about stuff, right? But, like, there's definitely a, like, I'm going to make a joke so that no one will know how sad I am or whatever. But, like, I'm only going to make a joke. Like, that's it. That's There's only going to be jokes here, right? Like, this is never going to acknowledge that it is a thing. Which is, you know, that's a style. And Natalie's is not like that at all, right? Like, Natalie, like... Sure. She's Nat- Natalie's stuff is confronting head on a thousand percent raw emotion placed sure. in front of you. And I don't know, like, what would that look like if it were also polished? 
and like what would what would Grace's work look like if it were more raw. also raw? Like if the emotional content of it was raw, would the visuals also be sloppy, right? Or is it a coincidence that these two people that we're using their work to generalize the entirety of creative? <laughs> ah, what a good fucking thing. What a good fucking world. That, that this the world of 2018 is if you really think about the shit that we can do and the shit that we can see and find and how much good there is. There's, the there's a lot to love about this world. Yep. Doesn't mean it couldn't be better. Nothing. Everything could be better. So Should why I try? <laughs> uh, what's our assignment for next week, Jim? Uh, was, was, it, was it The Black Room? The Black Room. Which is a game that I... Uh, it, I read a Bennett Foddy blog post about this and understood none of it, but the screenshots, screenshots look neat. I get the impression that it's like a, a browser game that's kind of it, like part roguelike, part like weird window interface thing, part feminist allegory. Um, hmm. Sounded interesting. I like things that don't fully commit to feminism. <laughs> Just partly, you know. Uh, yeah, The Black Room. Uh, I'll link to that so that anyone knows what it is. Cool. And I'm looking forward to talking about another weird short art experience. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Riff. Uh... It's a Riff Session. Kids call it a Riff Session. Time for Riff Session. We're on the playground Riff Session. When Riff has something to say, put 30 seconds on the clock and make way for the Riff Session. It's a Riff Session. It's riff. Yeah. How would you like to do a segment where you uh, explain something British? Uh, sure. Why not? Uh, what What do you got for me? What did we decide? I think it was lorries. Yeah, lorries. Uh oh. Okay. Uh well. Uh, I mean, gee, I don't know if I can fill an entire uh, segment with this. That's just, I mean, Hugh Laurie. It's the stuff that belongs to him. Like what? He- He's the main British guy. You know, hats. Uh, he has a wide collection of bowler hats. Um, boutonnieres uh, all belong to him, actually. Um, if you want to get like a boutonniere, like if you're going to the prom in England uh, or if you're visiting the Queen, uh, you have to register to get one from his personal collection. Uh, which is weird, but you know he made a lot he, of money on on where being he, where Dr. House them? and so on, uh, just all over, all over the country in various gardens. That's what they call yards, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and there's a and there's is what we would call a trunkoneer. Uh, they're what we would call meters, I think. Oh, okay. Guys, I have an idea for another segment. What is a boutonniere British? Is a boutonniere that's, British? That's the segment. We just every week we tackle that question again. Do we have Do we have to pick a different answer every week? The, only the first two we, weeks can we be randomly yes and we no. draw from a hat whether we're pro or con. We have to argue the side. If we do a round robin, like we can get I don't know what sixteen weeks out of that. Ro- Rohan. <laughs> yes. Keep, keep, you'll get there, buddy. I have, I have I mean, faith you, in you. You got to workshop these things. This is how the process works. 
Gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 352 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we're back here next week, just one week from exactly right now, to record episode number 353. Won't that be nice? It'll be a palindrome. And listeners, I hope you join us. And if you do, race car, and if you don't, radar. Pip pip Hiya. cheerio. <laughs> Whoa. Good night. Oh, Pip was Pip was good. Mm-hmm. You should have said good doog. Good doog. I can say good doog. You can edit that part out where you suggest it. And then I, it sounds like I'm smart. What's kakabubulaya backwards? Yeah, good luck with that. It's just just reverse it in uh Oh yeah. Kakabubulaya. Ayala bubu. Kak-